0: And I want to submit to you that when Jesus came and began to teach, he was not teaching against the law that God had given. Psalm 19 says, the law of the Lord is perfect. He said, he says, he says, I did not come to throw away law. I came to fulfill the law. What he actually did was expand what was available in there. Read Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He's constantly touching their heart. He said, you've heard it said, and it was correct teaching. If you do this, this is wrong. He goes, but I'm saying, now, if you have it in your heart to do it, it's wrong. Because your heart defines Your heart now defines you because if it stays in your heart, you will eventually do it. You've heard it said, if you commit adultery, you've committed adultery. But I say to you, if you do it in your heart, you've already done it. And they're going, no, 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 no. We went to synagogue and heard, this is what what adultery is. How could we be wrong? And then he says... Pharisees, most righteous people, right? He goes, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisee. There's this high call. I want to submit to you, what he was most teaching against was a system that thought they could please God in their own strength. So you can have right motives, but if you're doing it the wrong way, their motive was, the Pharisees motive, true story, was we're trying to be law compliant, because we want the Messiah to come, and God's going, no, you can't make this happen in your own strength, and now you've created all these rules. The traditions of men are making that law that was supposed to show people they can't do it without me. That's why I've come. People are like, I'm glad I don't live under the law. I'm glad for certain things. But the standard now is what's on the inside of you. I want to suggest when the Apostle Paul is saying this covenant of death, I don't think he was talking about what God... I know people have different opinions. but This is what I think. I think he's talking about this man desire to make it a work of their own strength. Every one of the apostles continued to live. Even after Jesus came and they received... They continued to celebrate the feast. They continued to do all these things. So he wasn't talking about that. They were just going, oh... This is so difficult. We need you to do it properly. I confuse some of you. I'm not suggesting if you're a Gentile, you live like that. But on their best day, all these things that they came into the kingdom of God with, he needed to retool their thinking of back to this high point and I will finish. The governing and the surrender of our hearts has to be a daily choice. Your greatest choice every morning, I did it. But as a single man, I do it now with my wife. We just grab hands. Even sometimes when the baby's screaming out, Lord, we commit ourselves. We can't live without you. We present ourselves as living sacrifices. Holy, I'm telling you. If your whole connection to God is based on things you can do on your own, you are you're, you're living mistaken. The worst part about religiosity is we begin to serve a God made in our own image. That's why the enemy fights this whole supernatural thing. So strongly. Just let him do stuff that they can do in their own stuff. I'm not saying you don't play a role, but it's always in that direction. But it's a daily choice. One of the ways we know is Judas. God is really gracious, he really is. People are like, well, we didn't ever really follow God. That might be true, but he's in that. He's in the Jesus Christ Evangelistic Association And I believe the whole time God is going, Judas, I'm after your heart. Judas, I want you to get it right. You came into this group maybe with your own agenda, but you came into this group maybe because you're stealing money from us. But I'm trying to get your heart right. Now, this is where it gets really dangerous. The more you choose to say no, you become a sitting duck for the enemy yeah, yeah 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 that's why it is so dangerous to be stationary wow. i'm good right where i'm at Wrong. and we're mocked i know it, I, I know sometimes we don't always do right but we're mocked sometimes as Revival River people because we always want more. Please never stop going for more. Why? Because I see the space between how I'm living and where he's called me to live. I see that sometimes the way I said something has a root of my own childhood pain. I see sometimes I react incorrectly. I see sometimes I react defensively. One well, of the greatest things God ever told me many years ago was this. He said, I'm gonna do certain things for you. He started to do many of those things already, not all of them. And he said to me, he goes, and they were like blessing type of things. He said, but only you and I will ever know if you're doing exactly what I've asked you to do. And the words of Jesus come alive to me, right? I, can, I, I don't fully, I'm not there, but this is, this is what you call the, uh, I call them the disjunctions of Jesus where he doesn't make you comfortable. The disciples, I'll just talk about one of them. Disciples are like, like this is awesome. He's amazing. It's great. Everything gets taken care of when he's around. But they're going, if he keeps talking like this, they might kill us. (laughs) And And I'm not being funny. I'm not being funny nor mocking. This type of message. He doesn't give them the message of, your faith can overcome the world. He doesn't go there with them. He goes, beware of those who can throw you into the wrong place, right? Yeah. He goes, don't be, don't be afraid if they kill you. Be afraid of the, the one who can send you to the wrong place for eternity. What's the point? His talk towards us is not comforting us in what is fearing us, but it comforting us in the real reality he's trying to teach us. Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, totally contrary to what they've heard. All the people who have bad websites about Jesus, these are not them. It says his disciples. Unless you eat my body, John 6, it says, At this his disciples turned away. I've learned this is a constant. In walking with Jesus, he will not, ele- he, he doesn't go, don't worry, like, 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 I'll, I'll kind of, guys, I'll tell you about this later on, you know, like, I'll explain it to you. He leaves them in their discomfort. Not because he's mo- mean or cruel, because he's inviting them into a new perspective, he is inviting them into growth. You've heard it said. What I say to you, she's trying to tell them in a really nice way. What you've heard about me is a detriment to how you're thinking about me. Wow. Lord, thank you. So yes. I've done what you've asked me to do, I believe. Wow. You receive this word tonight. Just one, two, three, just stand all across this room. And if you would just lift your hands to heaven, just a sign of surrender. Hallelujah. And I believe God will just minister some things to you. We you just repeat this with me? Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Tonight, Tonight, I present myself myself once again, again, with your help, help. as a living sacrifice. sacrifice. Speak Speak to me now. Let him minister to you. Some of you, he's just breaking off shame. You've thought the wrong thing about yourself. You've thought yourself too small. I just want to pray for you now, get your hands lifted. I bless you now in the name of Jesus, to begin to hear things you've never heard before. I bless you to put the Word of God first place every day in your life. I bless you to make the word of God your highest standard. I bless you to, with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I bless you with eyes to hear excuse me, eyes to see and ears to hear. I bless you to be uncomfortable when God makes you uncomfortable and to see from his perspective. I lift off weights and burdens, anything you've walked in with. I break you free from shame, from guilt, from things you've done in the past. Now just wait a moment. As a good father, God just lavishes his love on you right now. Thank you, Lord. I bless you with the kindness of God. I say that he's a good father, always drawn to his children. I break you free from any performance, any condemnation, any guilt. I break you free from the torment of your past, from things you've asked God has forgiven you from. I just say, as far as the east is from the west, so has he removed your sins. I bless you to be restored to a childlike place. I bless you to be in a place of constant wonder with God. I bless you to be a student of Scripture. I bless you to love every God-breathed word of Scripture. I bless your hands as hands of healing. I bless your ears to hear the voice of God. I bless you with courage. I bless you to be strong and courageous in the power of His might. I want to read to you uh, Galatians, the sixth chapter, verse six, let him who is taught in the word share all good things with him who teaches. I remember many years ago reading that verse. And it, it did something on the inside of me. It did something where, I talked a little bit about this tonight, I wanted to have a great value and honor for the word of God that I hear through God's ministers, and I wanted it to be expressed in my giving. There's other ways to express it, but... I, I thought about this, and I've thought about this, not just in that moment, but it's, come, it's this thought that's come to me. If you go to a doctor, just hold on, guys. If you go to a doctor, there's a bill you've got to pay. Most people don't flinch. This is what it costs to go to a doctor. Or you pay your premium, or whatever it is in that area. You go to a restaurant. You go to a nice restaurant. Luigi's, Pastor Al. You like this restaurant. You might think it's expensive, but because you value what you're receiving from that restaurant, you're like, "Well, that's what it cost." Go on vacation. Some people I know, it's great. They save all year to go on certain vacations. They value. Going to that place, going on the cruise, going to the resort, going to the Bahamas every year, wherever it may be. They own a house. Most people have mortgages. Well, this is what it costs for my 3,000 square foot house. No problem. I know I got to pay 2,000, 25, 3,000. That's what I got to pay every month. Sometimes, though, when it comes to the things of God, I remember uh, sometime in the last year, I was listening to this message. I don't worry really a partner with this person, but what they were saying to me was so life-giving. I didn't need a word from God to give. I needed to respond in my heart to the word—the word that was more valuable than a million dollars. The word that was more valuable than anything because it brought transformation that could make everything right. I want to challenge you tonight and the rest of your life to value the word of God like you value other things. Pastor Cameron's going to minister tomorrow. These guys came here. They didn't ask me for anything. But I want to tell you, there is a role that you play. I'm not going to lie to you that God doesn't care what you give. God does care what you give. Come on. Not to take something from you, right. but to assure that what's taking place here, it not only meets needs, but it goes way beyond that. It goes way beyond that so more can be done. Just had the privilege of going to uh, Zambia in May. The only reason I'm able to do that is my partners. Not a dime comes into our ministry to do that, but our partners, they value what God is doing through our ministry. A few weeks, I'll go to Paraguay. I can't say yes unless there's other people saying yes. Value the word, there's, Sometimes God gives me prayer assignments. I felt embarrassed—not embarrassed. Not embar- I shouldn't say embarrassed. Good way, God adjustment. I've been praying for this guy for years. You probably know I knew him before he was well known. Lord, I should pray for him. Just want you to pray for him. He told me everything he was going to do for him. I'm praying for it one morning. He goes, "You pray for this guy all the time. You've never sowed a seed into his ministry." I said, "I'm sorry, Lord." Wow. Our care has to have an expression behind it. No, not comparing. The world will charge you lots of money to hear somebody talk. Not necessarily wrong with that. You simply have an opportunity to do what God asks you to do. Malachi 3. That's the Old Testament. But he says, will a man rob God? He doesn't say the tithe; just the tithe. I know some people get hung up on that one. Tithes and offerings. And offerings. You have an opportunity to give an offering tonight, this weekend. God is going to challenge some of you to give like you've never gone before. Not to take something from you, but to break you into a new place. So he keeps going, right? Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. This obviously applies to anywhere. For whatever a man sows, that will also he reap. For the one who sows in the flesh will also, uh, flesh will will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, I love this, if we do not give up. I did not want to tell this story that I'm about to tell you, but I'm going to tell you. Therefore, as we have the opportunity, let us do good. You know what I'm going to do with a good heart, or else I'm not going to get credit for it. That's what the Lord's told me. (laughs) I did something once. He goes, you did it, but you didn't do it with a good heart. So you don't get credit. It's absolutely true. It's your heart, especially to those who are the household of faith. This goes back to something I talked about. It's amazing to me that some people would get offended at certain things that their leaders have. Because They say, well, I don't have that. How can they have Are they stealing money? And yet, that person has been appointed to give them life-giving truth. We don't wonder why a doctor has a nice house because he's got a task that he makes lots of money from. We should always look to bless those who stand in the holy desk. Go back. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. I normally don't like to tell stories like this, but the Lord nudged me in the hotel room and I feel like he's nudging me to tell this, but you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. Many years ago, I think I was, uh, not that many years ago, but many years ago, Um, I think I was 22 years old. I had this old rundown Honda Accord. It was top of the line back in the day, but the air conditioning wasn't working. I think I had, was just in graduate school or finishing graduate school, and I decided to buy another car. I was going to buy another Honda. I'm a, I like Hondas. I like Hondas. And there was a family at Covenant Love. They kept saying, we need a new car. We need a new car. So I'm going to buy this new car. Not a new car, it's new for me. And the Lord's like, give him your car. I said, I mean, I'm not going to get a lot of money for it, but I can use the money, you know. College student, victim thinking. So I got it right. I gave him a car. Now, this is the best part about it. No, there's, there's a few good parts to it. So I give them the car after they say they need a car, and they sell the car like a week later. (laughs) And I thought they needed a car. One thing I was smart enough to, though, is don't be offended. And God gives miracles of like kind, He does. He absolutely does. My daughter got offerings before she was ever born. I talked to her about this. I said, "I waited till I was 18. You got it before you're born. This is generational. God bless you, young lady." I got miracles of like kind because I sew when people have babies. We had a whole drawer of diapers before she ever came. Miracles of like kind. What you do for someone, God will do for you. So God said, don't get offended. I said, God, you owe me a car. (laughs) No, you think I'm funny. I, "I, I showed a car, I get a car. And I said, I want a better car. I didn't even realize what he did until he did it. Flashback to six years, well, about eight years, maybe nine years ago now. I had this little black car. Stuff is not, you know, like I don't get caught up in all that. I like my Hondas. I'm driving my Honda, my little black Honda. When I first started traveling, I drove this car everywhere. So I drove, first brand new car I bought, Honda Fit. Yeah, it's awesome. They're like little spaceships. I had seven miles on that thing. And so it was getting up in mileage. I drove everywhere. I put like 40,000 miles on it the first year. I drove everywhere. He's just, he just obeying the Lord. Go where he sends you, you know. So I, I looked at the car one day and I said, God, I'm going to need a new car at a certain point. And this is what he said to me. He said, what kind, what kind of car would you like? I said, well, I like the Honda Fit. I'll take another one of those. That's fine. He said, I think I'd like to give you something better. This is an actual conversation I had with the Lord. I said, well, I've always liked one of them Honda CRVs. I've always thought they were neat. He said, that would be fine. You can have that. And then he said to me, how would you like me to pay for it? He said, I'll pay for it. He said, I can give you the money in payments or I can give it to you cash. I said, well, you're a better bank. We'll just trust you for cash. Now, it didn't happen overnight, but I remember. I'm going to tell you this now, too. It might offend some of you, too, but this is a true story. So in the middle, I'm trusting God, you know, as he would say. And, and you also have to have self-control and obey. Okay, he said, put this money. He this for the car, for the car. So I'm just putting it aside. It didn't happen right away. It took a few years. And he tells me in the middle of that, he said, Jesse DePlanis is going to be in the middle of South Carolina somewhere. I want you to go to the meeting. I said, okay, God. Can I hear him? I love Brother Jesse. I'm listening to his message. He gets to the end of his message, and the Lord had told me, I want you to bring a seed. He gave me a very specific amount. I want you to bring a seed. And he stands up. He said, I'm going to raise money for this project tonight. He said, but this is what the Lord is going to do for some of you. He's going to give some of you brand new cars for the seed that you sow tonight. Now, some of you, I know you don't, you, just track with me here. I Oh, my gosh, the Lord told me, and I'm believing God. I know this is the Lord. This is the Lord. He was a good amount of seed for that time. Two years later, the Lord said, it's time to go pick up your car. And I had it on the refrigerator, everything I wanted in that car. He said, what do you want on it? I said, well, I'd like all these features. Be nice. And I remember the lady, when I paid for the car, he said, where do people get this car? I said, let me tell you what my God did for me. I said, this car is a testimony of the Lord. And he reminded me, you showed a Honda, you got a lot better Honda. I don't normally tell stories like that. Didn't happen overnight though. The harvest doesn't always come, but here's what I've learned. You keep sowing, you'll always have a harvest coming your way.